Hi, this is John Schaefer. You're listening to WNYC's free podcast of New Sounds. Streaming audio or MP3 download available when you want at WNYC.org and on iTunes. music by New York composer Missy Mazzoli is a beautiful piece of music and it's with a little jolt that you realize this must be fiendishly difficult to perform. Not her problem. She wrote it for not her own band but for the vocal group known as Room Full of Teeth and the song is called Vesper Sparrow. It's kind of an offshoot of a much larger piece that Missy Mazzoli did write for her own band, her electroacoustic group Victoire, and that is her Vespers for a New Dark Age, a work that featured Victoire, plus a trio of vocalists, including one or two from Room Full of Teeth, and the percussionist Glenn Kochi from the band Wilco. On this edition of New Sounds, Missy Mazzoli will join us to talk us through the Vespers for a New Dark Age. I'm John Schaefer. Glad you've joined us for this edition of New Sounds. We'll begin the way Missy's own Vespers begin, with a piece called Wayward Free Radical Dreams, from her Vespers for a New Dark Age.
That's music from Missy Mazzoli from her album Vespers for a New Dark Age. And uh, that's the opening salvo. It's called Wayward Free Radical Dreams. Missy Mazzoli, welcome back to New Sounds. Thanks so much for having me. So this piece, this opening of your Vespers, kind of sets up a couple of themes, both um, a kind of the theme of new technology, as we hear in the poem, Mm -hmm. but also some kind of musical gestures that will recur kind of later in the piece. So how did you go about, did you think of these Vespers as a kind of long, single work? Yes, I did. I mean, the piece is really 32 minutes long. And... um, so this, what you just heard, was the first movement, but they're all connected. So right. I'm, I really think of it as a 32-minute piece, as a single work, mm-hmm. because historically, uh, vespers have have often been kind of pieced together. I mean, in, right? You know, there's so many big composers who never actually wrote vespers per se, but had their works kind of, you know, dragged into the church and used for for that sort of thing in centuries past. Sure. Yeah. And it definitely has, there are a lot of different pieces that make up this work. So one thing that I took from the traditional Vespers form um, was this idea of a repeated incantation. Hmm. So I think what you just heard were the singers singing, come on, all you ghosts, come on, all you ghosts, come on, come on. And that is something that occurs in almost every movement in the piece Mm -hmm. um, in a slightly different form. Um, And there's also the idea of you know, the Vespers has, there are a lot of different kinds of Vespers, (laughs) depending on what church you're in. Um, and what country you're in, what era you're in. and But my sort of favorite sort of Vespers form, the one that I was attracted to, is does have a repeated incantation um, interspersed with hymns, uh, canticles, antiphons. So you're dealing with a lot of solo lines that then, and then the whole chorus comes in, then there's a call and response. So there's, throughout the whole piece, uh, I do try to touch upon those juicy parts of, um, <laughs> of liturgical music. Yeah. Uh, did you... Did you grow up with any experience of Vespers? Because I know I didn't. No, you know, but my, I, I'm not a religious person and I was not re- raised in a religious household, but my mom would take me to church occasionally. And I loved it because mm-hmm. I, and I'm realizing later that it was the closest thing to a theatrical experience that I had, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in a small town in Pennsylvania. And, um, and I just, I love the ritual of it. You know, every week you go in, everyone shuffles in. There's some sort of musical prelude. Everyone stands up together. Everyone sings together. They sit down. They chant. And it was the only sort of ritual I had in my life. So as an adult, you know, I started thinking, you know, what is the role of these rituals in our in our modern world, right. in a world that is so dominated by technology and um, material concerns? And I still feel that the ritual plays a very strong role for us as humans, and I was sort of trying to get at what that is. Well, now, Vespers are traditionally an evening service, so mm-hmm. they are for that time of day where the sun is setting and things are getting dark. And of course, in the Middle Ages, darkness was a scary thing still. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you listen to like even song services in England, basically those prayers are like, dear God, save us from the boogeyman, except right. not in those words. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So your vespers are also dark mm-hmm. yes. in a couple of ways. In a few ways. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, every we li- I think we live in dark times. And I think maybe everyone throughout history has thought that they've lived in dark times. Mm. But I think right now, you know, no one would disagree with the fact that we are dealing with a lot of stuff at the same time. And as an artist, you even if you choose not to deal with that directly, it's a decision that you have to make. You know, you can either decide to not deal with it in your art at all, or you can address it directly, or you can try to um, get at these larger themes in, in a number of different ways. And I 
when I was I was reading these poems by Matthew Zapruder, um, and these poems are what make up the lyrics for the whole piece. Mm-hmm. And I came across this one line that was, "I know I belong in this new dark age," which is from his poem Korea. And um, I thought that's it. That sums up my feelings about being alive in 2015. You know that I know things are dark. I know things are sort of messed up, but this is where I belong. So. Was that the genesis of this piece? Was that one line? Or had you already started reading him thinking, I'm looking for something to set? Well, I, yes, I'd start, I had this idea of kind of creating my own take, my own secular take on the Vespers prayer service um, and was looking for poems or lyrics or something. I just sort of searching everywhere for a text that would be a great combination of the sort of spiritual and the sublime and the and the mundane, the mm. earthly. And his, I came across Matthew's poems sort of fortuitously at the same time and, um, and then met him in person a few months later. It was just all sort of very good luck. And I felt that his poems really do that. You know, he touches... I, I was reading his book um, that's called Come On All You Ghosts. And I had this feeling that the speaker was always grappling with these invisible forces. Mm. So he's grappling with his belief or lack of belief in God, um, grappling with memories or the ghosts of his past. So these literal ghosts or these figurative ghosts. And I thought, this is it. Um, When I came across that line, it sort of sealed the deal and also provided (laughs) the title. So uh, the piece by Missy Mazzoli is called Vespers for a New Dark Age. Um, the, The recording features your band, Victoire, and mm-hmm. a couple of guests, and we can talk about that maybe in, in a moment. But I want to play the, the next track, which is Hello, Lord, a title that sounds very spiritual, but w- the text turns out to be a little more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Who's, the, who's the solo voice here? The solo voice in this movement is the soprano Martha Kluver. From Roomful of Teeth. uh, Yeah, many things. Roomful of Teeth and also the Trinity Wall Street Choir, too. All right. Uh, And the band Victoire with composer Missy Mazzoli leading the way. This is another of her Vespers for a New Dark Age.
Hello, Lord is the name of that excerpt from Missy Mazzoli's Vespers for a New Dark Age. It's a really wonderful piece that Missy wrote for her own band, Victoire, as we've heard her do many times in the past, but with the addition of three vocalists and Missy, uh, special guest percussionist Glenn Kochi, yes. who people will know from Wilco, but he does many, many other things. Mm-hmm. So what does that do to the kind of ensemble sound, which is already dramatically different because of the three singers, but mm-hmm. wh- what does the addition of him and his arsenal of percussion do? Arsenal is definitely the right word. I mean, he's just, it looks like this spaceship that has landed on stage when he plays. It's great. Um, Adding percussion does a lot for the sound of our group. Um, You know, the most obvious difference is that it pushes us rhythmically forward and Mm -hmm. we're able to sort of fall into these grooves and um, it has this energy and this physicality that it's really hard to get without either a percussionist or a singer. Um, So... Yeah, there's that. And also he's banging on junk percussion um, or playing any number of other instruments that are it's not about creating a beat. It's just about creating a texture. And so that just it just brings it to a new a new level. So, you know, we've we've noted in the past how, you know, you're part of this generation of composers for whom pop music and classical music, you know, there's no distinction Mm -hmm. that that distinction is very, very blurry if it's there at all. There are moments in these Vespers where especially towards like towards the end of the first piece, the Wayward Free Radical Dreams, where it almost sounds like a kind of a wayward pop song, you Mm -hmm. know, except the harmonies are all wrong for a pop song (laughs) and stuff like that. So, you know, having singers and and drummer, Mm -hmm. you know, does that get you uh, even more into the weeds if you're going to try and parse this as either pop or classical? Sure. I think that that's a signal to people that this is not a, st- a string quartet. <laughs> this is not a, a something that comes wholly out of the classical tradition. But um, I think you can say that about all of my music. I mm-hmm. think it's, you know, at some point in even my orchestral pieces or in my operas, there are some wayward pop songs in there as well. Yeah. We're, we're speaking with Missy Mazzoli and hearing her Vespers for a New Dark Age. Uh, not all of it, but most of it on this edition of the program. And we'll hear some more of those uh, Vespers, uh, wayward pop songs and all, as we continue in just a moment. I'm John Schaefer, and you're listening to New Sounds. This is New Sounds, program number 3709. My guest is composer and keyboardist Missy Mazzoli. Her latest composition is a 21st century addition to the centuries-old tradition of Vespers. Her Vespers for a New Dark Age, featuring a vocal trio, her own electroacoustic quintet Victoire, the percussionist Glenn Kochi. And we come next, Missy, to this song called Come On All You. Now, that that phrase is something that binds together a lot of the the piece, the Vespers, but it also occupies the center. So do you see this as the keystone in the arch of your Vespers? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's the piece is basically built symmetrically. And so this this centerpiece um, is the glue. And I sort of allowed myself, that was one of the first pieces I wrote, the first movements I wrote when I was creating this piece. And I allowed myself just to sort of go big. That's sort of mm. the biggest movement. Um, the singers are singing as loud as they can. There's a, you know, I'm, I let Glenn just sort of play as loud as he wanted to. I mean, just sort of, it's a movement of extremes. And and uh, so you mentioned Martha Kluvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the other two singers? So the, there's soprano Melissa Hughes, who mm-hmm. actually has the majority of solos in the, in the, in the piece, uh, who is one of my favorite voices in New York City. <laughs> and there's also the fantastic alto uh, Virginia Warnkin. Okay. Uh, and we hear all three of them uh, mm-hmm. on this piece, along with Glenn Cochion percussion and Missy Mazzoli and her band Victoire. The album is Vespers for a New Dark Age, and this is called Come On All You.
Come on, all you is the name of that excerpt from Missy Mazzoli's Vespers for a New Dark Age. Music written for her band, Victoire, a trio of vocalists, the percussionist Glenn Kochi, and set to text by Matthew Zapruder. Missy, you mentioned before that you do think that twenty, you know, the twenty-first, early twenty-first century is a dark time, but it's also a time of amazing optimism. It might be conflicted, but every time a new technology comes along, you know, there are all these medical technologies that create these really thorny ethical questions about, you know, have we invented something we don't know how to use yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, but people do have this kind of sense of optimism around technology and have for 100, 150 years. Mm-hmm. Do you share that? Is your, is your, is this darkness you talk about unalloyed darkness or are there streaks of light shining <laughs> through it? There's definitely a great deal of light. I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive at all. <laughs> and I think I'm glad that, to hear that. <laughs> yes. And I think, um, I, yeah, I think that you can have both. I'm definitely someone who uses technology in almost everything she does. <laughs> and um, but I'm also wary of it. And I think that there's room for both. Yeah. Laurie Anderson, from day one in her career, has has a very similar kind of response and reaction to the technology that has been so important to her art. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it has been built around her kind of ambivalence about these things that process her voice or her violin or, or whatever. So that idea that, you know, your own set of tools can be the subject of your art, mm-hmm. you know, that that seems to be at play here too. Absolutely. I think that there's I'm always, when I'm composing, trying to strike a balance between um, the sort of mechanical and the the vibrance, vibrancy of yeah. live performance. You know, I think that there's, um, you know, a vitality to going, doing things that are completely acoustic and just sort of depending on that ritual. Again, it comes back to ritual, the ritual of live performance. Um, but there's also this amazing sound palette that I get when I'm sampling or when I'm creating, you know, these electronic interludes in the piece that are completely made of samples mm-hmm. from other parts of the piece. So, um, And you, know, you, you do that in collaboration with Lorna Doon? Yes. So the amazing electronic producer, Lorna Doon, um, we really worked together on, um, on, these, on these interludes, and, on, and she also created a remix that appears on the album, too. Right. And she's a member of the band. She's so. a member of the band. <laughs> Keyboardist in the band since day one. <laughs> uh, all right, let's hear uh, the closest thing to a title track from Vespers for a New Dark Age. This is called New Dark Age. <laughs>
New Dark Age is the name of that excerpt from Missy Mazzoli's Vespers for a New Dark Age. And we're uh, talking with Missy on New Sounds tonight and hearing this music for uh, this amazing vocal trio, your own band, Missy, which is an electroacoustic group, mm-hmm. uh, and Glenn Kochi on percussion. So how much, I mean, you mentioned in the interludes, those are kind of a different sound world. They're created out of samples and processed sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. How much sampling or processing is happening in the other sections, the the more song-like sections mm-hmm. of the piece? It really none. You know, so the the five sort of main beefy movements of the piece are basically what we performed live when we, when we premiered this at Carnegie Hall about a year ago. And then so what we did was I re- we recorded those five main sections. And I went back and took the stems, so, you know, meaning the individual recordings of the violin the or tracks, the clarinet, yeah. the tracks, and um, applied a sort of DJ sampling technique to them and sampled them and manipulated the sounds and created these purely electronic interludes. So mm-hmm. throughout the piece, there are two electronic interludes, and then at the end, there's sort of a postlude. So what you get are these sort of echoes. Again, it's these ghosts, you know, these um, memories of these pieces that you've just heard or are about to hear, mm-hmm. sort of a foreshadowing of those pieces, but in this sort of ghostly texture. Yeah, and, and since the, the, the five original parts of the piece ha- share so much material, I mean, what we just heard, New Dark Age, those bell sounds kind of echo what you hear at the very beginning of the piece. Exactly. So, you know, you, you really, it kind of stitches everything together in a, in a really neat way. So l- I want to play both of the, the final two movements, uh, Machine and then the Postlude, because the Postlude is one of these interludes. Mm-hmm. It yes. comes at the end. Uh, and Machine, which, as the title might indicate, gets pretty propulsive rhythmically, mm-hmm. uh, also goes back to that that come on kind of you know, this kind of exhortation and something that we hear in pop songs all the time, you know, come on, Mm -hmm. except it's usually in a very different context. Um, But again, using those kind of tropes in in this, is that in the Zapruder poetry or the repeated fragments, or are you actually kind of playing fast and loose with the text? Well, Matthew Zapruder was really great to work with because he allowed me to sort of, in essence, remix his poems. Mm. So I went through and I read everything that he had ever published, along with um, a bunch of stuff he hadn't yet published, um, and picked out fragments that would work well as lyrics. And um, this sort of refrain of come on all you ghosts, I inserted that as a, as a refrain when that comes from a very specific poem. Right. But... Um, but yeah, it's fragments from a lot of different poems, a lot of different books. Oh, okay. Uh, let's hear the uh, the final two movements from the Vespers for a New Dark Age by Missy Mazzoli. Machine first, and then the, uh, the electronic postlude that now concludes the piece. Why do not be evil? 
Machine and Postlude, the final two movements of Missy Mazzoli's Vespers for a New Dark Age. Uh, Machine is the fifth of the five original kind of song movements. Mm -hmm. And then Postlude is the third and final of these electronic kind of remixes, recasting of the material we've been hearing. What was it like, you know, kind of expanding the palette of the band to include the sort of faux Baroque harmonies that the three women sing. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, we've heard you do vocal music, obviously, the opera, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's, that's something I don't think I'd heard from you before. No, and it just, I don't quite know where it came from, <laughs> but it w- seems Was it really, the Vespers? Just the, yeah, it was the, a reference to the original impulse for the piece, which is to create a sort of modern day Vespers service. Um, and but I also think it's about those individual performers. You mm. know, um, Melissa and Melissa Hughes, Martha Kluver, and Virginia Warnkin have experience singing a lot of Baroque music, a lot of early music, and also a lot of contemporary music. So I think it was this sort of maybe almost subconscious thing when I knew I was writing for those particular women that I went in that direction. Uh-huh. So you had them in mind during the pretty early in the process. Oh yeah, before I started writing a note, I had all the personnel lined up. That's very important to me. So, you know, Vespers traditionally, as we talked about before, they were a kind of a prayer service, a ritual of kind of comfort, you know, mm-hmm. as darkness fell. Do you do you think Vespers for a new dark age is comforting somehow? I do. And, you know, I'm kind of uh, nervous to say that because I, I feel like a lot of my work, I think of it as being very comforting. It's comforting to me. It's comforting to me to create. It's comforting for me to listen to. Um, and But a lot of people are like, wow, that's really dark. And that's about as far as they get. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, these poems are actually, for me, are incredibly uplifting. And I try to reflect that in the music as well. So it's it's, again, it's about this gray area in between these two extremes. It's not about... Um, it's not a lullaby. It's not meant to 100% comfort you, but it's not a doomsday prophecy either. Right. There's a little bit of both. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the, that's why we love sad songs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, who wants to be sad? But listening to a sad song can actually make you feel good. Exactly. <laughs> Vespers for a New Dark Age. Boy, it made me feel good to hear this for the first time uh, when, that, when that album came across my desk. A really impressive piece. Missy Mazzoli, thanks so much for sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Missy Mazzoli, my guest on New Sounds. A playlist for this edition of New Sounds is available, and as usual, it will tell you exactly what you're hearing on the program. There's a playlist for every episode of New Sounds, and they all live on our website at wnyc.org slash newsounds. Even better... You can hear new sounds on our website. Our uh, shows are available for on-demand listening anytime you like. And we have our free New Sounds podcasts, so you can take uh, certain editions of New Sounds with you. You can get all of that, plus connect with us via social media and keep up to date on our New Sounds Live concert series on our website, wnyc.org slash newsounds. Well, Missy Mazzoli's Vespers for a New Dark Age certainly do cast the uh, the old ritual of the Vespers in a new light, or a new darkness, as the case may be. Phil Klein did something similar with the ritual of the Mass, taking the the ordinary of the Mass, the parts that remain the same week after week, the Kyrie, the Credo, the Offertory, the Agnus Dei, 
and surrounding that with a, a darker, much more contemporary set of texts. Actually, some of the texts are biblical, but they go all the way up to the contemporary poem by David Shapiro. And there's one piece called Dark Was the Night that has no text at all, but is just kind of in the the tradition of the blues singer Monin. In fact, Phil Klein's mass is called John the Revelator, the name of a famous blues song by the guitarist Sun House. And uh, we're going to hear two excerpts, The Man Who Knows Misery and Dark Was the Night, a reference to uh, an old Blind Willie Johnson song, uh, Dark Was the Night, Cold Was the Ground. The piece was written for the string quartet Ethel and the early music vocal quintet known as Lionheart, and it was premiered on a New Sounds Live concert at uh, Brookfield Place, the old World Financial Center, it was written for the, the turn of the millennium, and uh, it has its own brand of darkness. Here is some of the music from Phil Klein's mass called John the Revelator. Yeah. 
Composer is Phil Klein, and his 21st century mass is called John the Revelator. 
a name taken from the blues tradition, so is the title of this piece, Dark Was the Night, played by the string quartet Ethel and the early music vocal group Lionheart, the two bands for whom the piece was written. We also heard uh, The Man Who Knows Misery from the same mass. John the Revelator is the name of it from Phil Klein. And that'll do it for this edition of the program. I'm John Schaefer. Thanks for being with us for New Sounds.